Hello, my name's John Hastings and welcome to the Divorced Dads podcast where I help dads recover, refocus and rebuild pre and post divorce. So in today's episode, we're going to be talking about health, your physical and mental health during this pre and post divorce period. And it's extremely important, especially um, for making good decisions and showing up as the best version of yourself. If you're doing things in the physical world that are not serving you, like poor nutrition, uh, not a lot of exercise, uh, not sleeping properly, and high stress levels, then you're going to struggle in every facet of your life. Now, and moving forwards, it's going to be detrimental to you. So we're going to go through some things today that we can do to make an impact really and help you. And if you haven't already, you can go over to johnhastings.info slash lessons. And I've got a free uh, guide there, which is the five most important lessons for dads pre and post divorce. If you want to pause this and go over there and you can sign up for that now and you get a PDF and you get a free um, 30 minute podcast onto that. But and then you can come back and listen to this if you want to. And yeah, so today we're going to be talking about health. So I uh, run a company in my 20s, a personal training company. So I've got quite a lot of experience in helping people through difficult situations and improving their lifestyle uh, under high pressure situations actually especially when you're going through a divorce because as we all know as, as guys I remember when I was going through my divorce maybe I was you know this a little few glasses of whiskey in the evening were sort of numbing the pain I would say but again long term you know this is this is not going to benefit you. If you have got an alcohol, a uh, serious alcohol problem, there's many ways you can seek help. I know the first stage of like a 12 step is admitting you've got a problem. So that, that comes to a lot of self-reflection and honesty about where you're at. So if you have got those deep uh, traumas and problems with addiction, then this is not a bad time to start to look into helping yourself because you could either press the self-destruct button and just keep going down this this dark path or you could just be open and honest and know that there's there's no shame in in the addiction you might feel the shame but you're reacting normally to your environment you're reacting normally to your ex- uh, life experiences and you can potentially improve the situation. So if I was you and I'd lived your life, I would be acting exactly the same as you, whatever you're doing, no matter how negative that is. And if you were me, you would do what I've done in the past and you would act similarly to how I do. So there's no judgment uh, from me. There's no, and if others judge you, then they're more judging themselves. So have that that belief in your mind that, yeah, nobody's perfect. And you might have done some 
negative things in the past. You might be doing some things now that are potentially not great, but you can move forwards. You can improve the situations. And having these type of addictions, I would say, are extremely common in these stressful situations. And, you know, when you're disconnected from yourself, as sort of Dr. Gabor Mate would say, who's a expert psychologist in the in the field of trauma and addiction then yeah you're going to you're going to go towards something that makes you feel better short term but has long term negative consequences so it's just something to be aware of but let's just look at some things that are simple things like what I would do in my lifestyle coaching days that can help people and they might not even realize what a big impact they're having. So the first I would say is just drinking more water. I know it sounds like such an easy thing, but you know, dehydration is going to have a profound effect on your ability to function. I really found this out when I was I was playing professional football when when I was like 20 between 20 and 22 that you know your your output can decrease massively from just say 5% dehydration. So you've got a just drinking more water in general is going to help you function better, just give you more clarity. Um, you're going to feel better, you have more energy. And again, when you get an emotionally triggered, you're going to be able to deal with the situations better. So it might seem like a, a, a little trivial thing and you're thinking, oh, what's that going to do? I'm drinking more water is not going to make a difference. No, but you go to the gym once, it's not going to make any difference. You do it every day for three months, all of a sudden you, you're transforming, you're changing. So this is small things that you do on a regular basis that add up to big things. You know, you build the house. You one, If you just lay one brick, it's not, it's not going to happen. You start laying bricks every day and all of a sudden you're building something. Something's changing. So I would start off with the water. And then I would say to you, I would say, let's start by cutting the caffeine, especially anything post one o'clock in the afternoon, I would say. So if you're drinking caffeinated tea, your neck in the coffees, all of these things, it's not only a diuretic, so it's going to zap, uh, it's going to zap the water from your body. It's also going to disturb your sleeping patterns. And then we'll move on to sleeping patterns because they're extremely important for you to function. So I would say any of the diet, you'd be even surprised like diet Cokes and certain fizzy drinks and other drinks that you may not realize it if you look on the back and they're, they're full of caffeine, then yeah, you know, you might be using this for work or to stay awake and focus in. But honestly, if you can wean yourself off of this pretty much drug in the Western world now, isn't it? Caffeine and, and things like that. If you can start to wean, you will start to just naturally have more energy instead of relying on this artificial stimulant to perk you up all the time. And that's going to make a big difference moving forward. So I'd also, like we just said with the addictions and the alcohol stuff, if you're, just a, if you're not addicted to alcohol and you just know you're drinking too much, then alcohol is a depressant. So you're not going to, it's going to numb the pain. And for me, 
maybe it was a useful tool at some period in my life that I maybe needed to take the edge off it. But is it a long-term strategy? It's definitely not. And it's one that you just need to be mindful of. And you'll probably realize quite quickly that it's not really a good short-term strategy either to be drinking all the time or you know trying to numb your pain. Sometimes I think it's good for you to... It's a very positive thing to be able to sit with pain, feel it, understand it, and just not buy into the pain. Sort of see your pain as you're looking at it on a stage and you're separate from your thoughts because then you can start to understand them. You can see them from a different perspective and you you won't have the emotional attachment all the time. It won't be as strong as it is now, it will start to fade and you will start to feel better. And every time you get triggered emotionally and you, you know, the adrenaline, the anger's coming, you're going to be able to see it for what it is. And you're going to be able to get back to a calm, logical state much quicker, just like mental fitness, really. So yeah, really cut down or even stop drinking. I would say for a period, because I know with my clients in this um, situation, anytime you're in very high pressure, stressful, anxious situations, really don't underestimate how important it is to look after your body, you know, with the things that you're doing. It's going to affect, it affects your mind massively. So, Really work on that. Try and cut out any of the the drinks that are sugary as well. Any easy sugar drinks. These are not going to be uh, good for you either. They're going to give you like a 20-minute perk up and then your blood sugar levels are going to drop. And then you're going to feel, yeah, not great afterwards. You're not going to be functioning very well with, with that. Uh, We're drinking sugary drinks all the time. So... Change it up. Drink more water, get rid of the sugary drinks, get rid of the caffeine, and um, you'll feel a hell of a lot better just with those simple changes. Trust me. Try it for a week. Then that week becomes two, two becomes a month, a month becomes three. All of a sudden, you're you're thinking your tolerance to these things, every time you have them, you're just, there'll be such a contrast that you think, oh, I don't even want this anymore. This doesn't even taste good. I don't feel good after. My body's having not a good reaction to it. And I just don't have as much mental clarity. Just I don't feel good at all. But if you have got a real problem with the drink side, like we said, seek help, seek support. Admit you got a problem and uh, tell yourself the truth. There's no point in hiding this because yeah addiction is is no is not a fun place it's definitely not a fun place to be so secondly i would say that moves on from the drink would be your sleeping patterns so if you're depending on when you're working um if you're doing early mornings or late nights just try and focus on 
getting a good night's sleep. So everything you can do to from blackout blinds, if you can get them, to uh, going to bed at a decent time and making sure you're getting a good, I don't know how many hours you need sleep. It's different for different people, but on average, say seven, eight hours of, of good quality sleep. Try and make sure it's in a, in a quiet um, space. And really moving away from the computer screen, the screen, the screen, if you can. And it's more about this blue light that's reflecting out of this screen. So you can you can change the filters on your uh, desktop computers normally, or you can wear blue light blocking glasses that, you know, they affect, uh, the blue light affects your sleep negatively. So you want to sort of block that out because it's stimulating your brain. So yeah, try to get um, into bed sort your bed out. If you need to get a new mattress and it's like 20 years old, invest if you can, if you've got the money to invest in a good mattress, really invest in your sleep time. You know, we're, we're asleep on average a third of our lives. So this is when all your hormones are, are regulating. This is when you're recovering. This is when your mind's settling down. So if you're feeling really depressed, really anxious, then Potentially, you might be suffering from sort of insomnia as well. You might be so stressed that you can't sleep. So all of the rest of the tips will help with your sleeping uh, patterns and your sleep quality and duration. So yeah, just keep listening to these these tips because they're, they're going to help you. So yeah, the relaxation side as well. So rest with sleep and try and get in as much relaxation time as you possibly can. So if you're working and you're working, you know, long hours or I don't know what your specific situation is, but you need time out to decompress. I know you might be throwing yourself into work and things to stay really busy and on top of things, but some, and sort of in a could be a denial phase of you just staying busy so you don't have to face the reality when you go home and you might be by yourself and it's just too painful. Yeah, this is a strategy. It's a short, these are short-term strategies, but long-term to be able to just go decompress, invest in something that you enjoy, maybe a hobby if you can, if you can afford it, or you've got friends that you can go and do something where it's five-a-side football or whatever you like doing, even if you just like reading or you want to book in a massage once a week and you want to do something like that to sort of help yourself just rest physically because you're under a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure going through this uh, pre- and post-divorce period for you. You know, there's a million and one things going on logistically and you're questioning yourself, you're questioning who you are, what you're doing, the past, there might be really negative feelings that you're holding, traumas that are unresolved. And this is a real transitional period of your life. So just understand that you just, you need to just let the dust settle sometimes and not be too gun-ho with everything. If, uh, if you don't know what that means in America, it's sort of just on the on the go all the time, just not stopping and uh, 
you will start to it will it will pay off for you. Just introduce some time where you can relax. So so the the thirdly we would say nutrition. What you're what you're eating is going to be massively important. So I know it's super easy when you're stressed, you know, the Uber Eats or the takeaways or whatever you're doing, these can start um really mounting up and you just you feel so dejected that you're thinking, oh, I just can't be bothered. I can't be bothered to cook. Maybe you wasn't the cook in the relationship. Maybe you you don't know how to cook. You know, maybe your food doesn't taste good and things like that. And all you're doing is getting takeaways and eating out all the time. And you know, eventually, it's going to take a massive toll on your body, and it's going to take a massive toll on your mental health. So I would say. Start getting in the practice of at least making one decent meal a day. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, and uh, you're not going to change all your habits overnight. This is going to be, you know, small incremental changes, small wins for us to to get better at this. But just know, you know, your your food and your mood is interlinked, and you want to put nutritious food in your body. Know whole foods, things from the ground. If you're a meat eater, some real fresh meat without without it being fried and in in different things like that that are potentially not good for you. And you know we've got the internet now. There's a million ways you can learn how to cook, and you just can make real simple foods and make them healthy. So yeah, we'll. We'll introduce more of that stuff. I introduce it with my clients on things that they can eat, um, structures to lose body fat and become lean, healthier, more energized. So there's lots of things that you can do in this space to really nourish your body so your mind can focus with more clarity. And, And when your body's nourished, then all of those feelings of, you know, your anxiety, the the feeling depressed and stressed, then they're, they're not necessarily going to go away instantly, but you're going to give yourself the best chance of recovering. You're going to give yourself a great chance of uh, improving and feeling better when you're nourishing your body. So again, another tip I would say would be to uh, take action with your awareness awareness, your consciousness, and your thoughts. And I mean take action in terms of start to understand yourself more. Start to understand your patterns, your traumas, your your past uh, behaviors. How have you ended up in this position? And it's going to be no good blaming everybody else and she did this, She this happened, this happened to me, this happened to me. This is a real time for some personal responsibility. No matter how unfair things might seem or how dumb, hard done by you might feel you've been. And yeah, you might have had a very difficult life. I know many people who have and have experienced a lot of pain and it's been a real struggle for them. And it's permeated into their relationships. But starting to understand yourself, 
forgive yourself, learn about yourself. You know, there's going to be a lot of emotion that's riding in in you right now. Probably low level, uh, low conscious emotion, say like uh, shame, guilt, fear, apathy, grief, some anger maybe going to come in, that resentment's there, bit of pride, the ego's going to be firing. And for you to start to understand these type of things, it's going to be super beneficial for you because things can happen and your body's got a type of circuitry where you're going to get uh, triggered. You're going to feel um, physical responses to your emotions and physical responses to sort of external external stimuli. Say you get a solicitor's letter or somebody, I don't know, somebody says something to you that's really hurtful. It might seem like it's not that bad, but for you, in your personal um, circumstances, it might be something really bad and really, really hurtful. And you're having a physical response to something potentially someone said or someone did or some type of environment. But if you don't understand why you're having it, then you're just walking through life blindly, getting pissed off all the time, pretty much. And this isn't, you're going to think the world's sort of against you. You don't feel good any of the time. You're angry and you're just going to be retaliating like a, like a man child, really, who doesn't really understand himself or why he's feeling this way. So if you understand yourself, you can still have the same triggers and you might feel the same, but you react differently. You will say, oh, wow, I'm in a very angry state right now you know i i get it i'm feeling this adrenaline coursing through my body these stress hormones i want to scream i want to react but you're giving yourself a moment to reflect and make a better decision make a better choice maybe it's for your children it's for your ex it's about the logistics about what are you doing and this is going to really, really help you to understand yourself. And then lastly, I would say, start to move. Start to get out of your head and into your body. You know, we're we're machines that are built to move. And whether that's something like um, walking would be a good thing. I remember when I was going through it, I just put in podcasts pretty much and I just started walking. I might, I was probably doing like two or three hour walks and that was my thing to just try to sort of center myself, just calm down and deal with the, the pain that I was going through at the time and I would just put on podcasts and I would just just walk to to different places and maybe grab a coffee and then just walk some more and you know I was just staying pretty active and if that's not your thing and you want to hit the gym or you want to get into some sort of sport and that's something that's uh, good for you or potentially you might be in some sort of physical pain as well I know a lot of people are suffering from back pains or other physical ailments then this is a time to really focus on that and find ways that you can 
uh, improve that situation. I know with my clients, I give them advice on how they can Im improve their body and alignment uh, problems that they might have to improve uh, like back pain and things like that. So yeah, you, it, it, it's, it's, it just means focusing on looking after your body, focusing on moving. And this is going to help you alleviate all of those symptoms of um, anxiety and the stress. You, you're going to release hormones in your body that are more beneficial to you when you're actually moving, maybe getting a sweat on, getting your heart rate up. You know, you normally can feel like a different person when you've done some exercise or physical movement. You're getting out of these demons, these voices, these thoughts in your head about where you're thinking about the past or what you should have done, what you could have done. You're thinking about how painful the present is and then you're just scared about the future potentially. You're thinking, oh, I've got no clarity. I don't know where I'm going. Uh, I'm just walking into the unknown and your brain is all over the place. You're not present in the moment in what you can do as your next step to improve your life. And doing some sort of physical activity can be extremely beneficial for you to yeah, regulate your emotional state and get back into your body and you'll have more energy and more uh, decision-making capabilities that are beneficial to you, I would say. So try that. Many, many things that uh, you can do exercise-wise. Do what suits you. Start slow. You know, you don't have to kill yourself with these things. Potentially, you can uh, join groups and get involved. They can be a social a thing as well, which can can help you because there's so many men out there in this stage post-divorce they are they can be extremely isolated and uh can be a lonely space a very lonely isolating space so even if you're participating in, in something even if it's a class or you know like I said five-a-side football or basketball or whatever you play tennis with a friend then during these stressful times to try try and even if you just don't feel like it and it's like oh man I just want to curl up and die sometimes you just want to curl up and die in a ball in the corner just get into the habit just say to yourself I'm just gonna even if I don't want to do it I'm just gonna do it I'm gonna start this habit because I know that I'm gonna feel better afterwards and you do it once and you come back and you feel oh shit I feel like a different human at the moment. I'm going to repeat that. And then you might repeat it next day. You might miss it the next day. You might curl into a ball and hide in the corner. And that's normal. That's fine. But just have in mind that being consistent with some sort of physical activity that suits you is it's going to be highly beneficial to you. So those are my tips of what I would say to you to, to do initially. This is advice that I've given my clients. I know with my clients, we go into a lot more detail and there's a lot more accountability with, with what I'm saying because I know when you're not accountable and you're only accountable to yourself, then you can just miss it and 
you don't build enough momentum to start to enjoy it or reap the benefits. So the accountability side is extremely important. But you can go over to uh, johnhastings.info slash lessons and I will give you the five most important lessons for dads pre and post divorce. That's johnhastings.info slash lessons. Um, that you will get a 30 minute free private podcast on those lessons and the PDF that goes with it. And I really hope that it helps you because yeah, these are the lessons I've taken from my, um, my coaching over the years from my own personal experiences and just, you know, every situation's different. There's many, many variables in in this case of uh, divorces and children and finances and how you're feeling and who split up with who and how this divorce has come along, how long you was together. There's so many variables. So it's very different from client to client. But there are some universal principles that we can all uh, learn from. And I hope in these five lessons that they really help you and and you find them beneficial. So there we go. So if a a simple acronym for this, uh, what I've talked today is drink, rest, eat, act, move. So that was something I came up with a dream health system when I was working uh, with my personal training company. So drink, rest, eat, act, move. So I hope that was uh, useful for you. Try those simple things. And again, it's normal to feel how you feel. This is, it's painful. Pre and post-divorce have, um, both have very difficult periods that you can go through. But there's light at the end of this tunnel. Trust me, no matter how dark your uh, space you're in now, just remember that time passes and this could be the potential for you to move into a really good space. So stay with it. Uh, Hope to see you next time at the next podcast. Take care. Bye-bye.